Good morning. Uh, the meeting will come to order and welcome to the February 1st, 2024 regular meeting of the Government Audit and Oversight Committee of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. I'm Supervisor Dean Preston, Chair of the Committee, joined today uh, by Supervisor Matt Dorsey. Uh, our committee clerk is Monique Creighton, and uh, our thanks to Kalina Mendoza from SFGov TV for staffing this meeting. Um, I also, uh, before we get into business, uh, understand that some uh, uh, recognition of my colleagues' uh, birthday are in order. So happy birthday, uh, uh, Supervisor Dorsey, and thank you for, of all things, on your birthday, uh, agreeing to uh, sit in for our usual uh, vice chair, uh, Stephanie. So happy birthday. Uh, Madam Clerk, any announcements other than that one? Yes, public comment will be taken on each item on this agenda. When your item of interest comes up and public comment is called, please line up to speak on your right. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing in either of the following ways. Email them to the Government Audit and Committee Clerk at M-O-N-I-Q-U-E dot C-R-A-Y-T-O-N at sfgov.org. If you submit public comment via email, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and also included as part of the official file. You may also send your written comments via U.S. Postal Service to our office in City Hall, 1 Dr. Car Carlton B. Goodlett Place, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. If you have any documents you would like to be included as part of the file, please submit them to me before the end of the meeting. Please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices to prevent any interruptions to today's proceedings. Finally, items acted upon today are expected to appear on the Board of Supervisors agenda of February 13th, 2024, unless otherwise stated. Thank you, Madam Clerk, um, and I'd like to make a motion to excuse Supervisors Stephanie and Chan from today's uh, GAO meeting. Madam Clerk, please call the roll on that. And on that motion to excuse uh, members Chan and Stephanie, Member Dorsey, Member Melgar, so I, I think my understanding is the president um, appointed uh, Supervisor Melgar for items two and three. So uh, Supervisor Melgar is visiting with us for, I, for item one, but for roll call purposes, I believe it's just uh, Supervisor Dorsey and myself on the first item. Vice Chair. Chair Preston. Aye. And Vice Chair, Vice Chair Dorsey. No. I have two eyes. Thank you. That motion passes. Um, and uh, let's go ahead and call item one. Item one is a resolution retroactively authorizing the San Francisco Police Department to enter into a memorandum of understanding agreement with the United States Capitol Police to provide supplemental law enforcement services for the period beginning on January 1st, 2021 through December 31st, 2023. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, this item is uh, sponsored by the mayor and I understand we have uh, Diana Oliva Oroche, Director of Policy and uh, Public Affairs for San Francisco Police Department, uh, who will be speaking to this item. And thank you for the information provided before the hearing. Welcome, floor is yours. Please proceed. Uh, 
Thank you, um, Chair Preston. Again, my name is Diana Roche, and I'm the Director of Policy and Public Affairs for the San Francisco Police Department. I'm also accompanied by our former CFO, Patrick Leung, who's currently right now the, the Sheriff's CFO, uh, to speak to the matters of just historical context related to the budgetary item. Uh, just a couple of areas to introduce. I'll be very brief. We are moving forward with asking a request to support a resolution that allows us to be able to look at a reimbursement for the relationship with the United States Capitol Police. Currently right now we have officers that are off duty that are providing support to the Pelosi residents. We'd like to ensure that the $1.8 million currently today get reimbursed so that we can offset some of that cost to the general fund. Um, what we would like to do is to move forward with the existing resolution in terms of the support to then uh, move into alignment with the MOU signatures, which then will need to get brought back to the U.S. Capitol Police um, in order for them to be able to first sign off and then our chief of police and, and therefore thereafter with our city approving it by the mayor's signature. So that is the process. We're hoping that this committee passes the resolution so we can continue moving forward. Um, Chair Preston, I understand that you had questions related to what happens in the future, you know, in terms of after December of 2023. And so our plan is because we are still providing services that we would obviously have to come back to be able to ask for another resolution to continue providing the, the actual reimbursements that we need. So right now, currently today, we're coming just for the time period of the last two calendar years. And then should we continue offering any other services in 2024, that would be another separate resolution, um, but we would amend the MOU. I see, so it, are services currently being provided, but there's not an MOU covering this period of time now? So currently right now, we do not have an MOU existing. Uh, we are just moving forward with the actual service, correct? Got it, and, and any, and estimate of when you expect the new MOU. And, and, and let, let me make clear, because yeah, I asked a, a few questions and do want to get some of this on the record. It's not an issue with the substance of the arrangement in, in MOU. It, it is, I think the question and the board has, has generally preferred and this sort of retroactive approach, right, is usually disfavored and generally accompanied with an explanation of why that is. Um, so I, I understand that what's before us is retroactive approval right. through December, but tr I think the questions I was trying to get at going forward is when just making sure that whenever that MOU is finalized, right, that it comes to us as quickly as possible and is more, we're approving something going forward as, as opposed to like this one, approving something that's already done. Absolutely. The problem with services that are provided in this fashion is that, um, given the dynamic of what happened back uh, in 2023 and some of the safety concerns, sometimes our officers need to respond immediately. Mm -hmm. And then unfortunately, then we have to come back and do a retrospective approval. Uh, but having said that, moving forward, since we understand that this is ongoing support that we're providing to the Pelosi residents, we'll continue moving forward, absolutely, Chair, with trying to figure out how, what exactly that timeframe would be. Yeah. We actually were recommended by the city attorney to, to put a clause that in the event that the services are not needed, that we would possibly look at terminating the MOU or possibly if either party wants to move away from it, there's an option to be able to do so um, in order to make sure that we also end at a certain time if it's not needed. 
Thank you. And I think we had asked, and I, I believe you may have just answered this. We had, we're trying to find out whether the supplemental services under the MOU before us um, are on duty or off duty. I think you, Correct, I heard you right. Are. You said they're, this is all for off duty services. Correct. Unless yeah. there's an event of an emergency where there's sure. detail that's needed um, on duty. Correct. Great. And then one of the other questions we had uh, asked was around, um, there's, there's uh, in the resolution states that the uh, SFPD expects to generate revenues of over a million dollars. Um, but given that where we are, since we're now a month beyond that period, uh, I just wondered if there's an updated number. I understand when that was introduced, it may have been a projection what the final number right. was going to be. But at this point, do you have, do you know the total amount? Yes. So CFO Leon could give you the exact amount. Great. Sure. With your many hats, I, I'm uh, <laughs> impressed that you are in your new department and still appearing to testify on uh, SFPD <laughs> matters as well. Right. So the uh, overworked Mr. Leon, what, what is the answer? Uh, as of as of current, we don't have a specific exact number, but it's approximately 1.8 million based on the total overtime hours that were worked um, for these services. Great. And uh, that's and as of, just to clarify, as of January 19th. The, well, the hours would be specific to uh, the, through December 31st, 2023. Right. 1.8 is the estimate of what's the that, what's before us i'm just trying to update correct. the clause that projected about a million it sounds like that's now that the period is done it's actually 1.8 million correct yeah. thank you um those are my uh questions and i i will say that unfortunately in our current climate i imagine that uh and let, let, let's all hopefully get to the day where these kind of services are not needed, but uh, I think we're going to need that new MOU in place. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, I wish it were different. I think we all do. But uh, anyway, I appreciate uh, the, the responses to our questions. I don't know, uh, Supervisor Dorsey, if there are no questions, we will go ahead and, uh, Madam Clerk, let's open this item up uh, for public comment. Thank you. Thank you. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item should line up now. Along the side by the windows, all speakers will have two minutes to speak. Good morning. I placed the United States passport onto the uh, display screen as well as uh, governed by Arizona State University. Privilege, two to three minutes. Law and Social Control, Arizona State University, Sun Devil, 120-666-9889. Thank you. Any further public comment? Mr. Chair, it seems we have no further comment. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, with no further public comment, public comment on this item is now closed. Um, and uh, I would like to um, make a motion that we send this item with recommendation to the Board of Supervisors. Motion to send this item with recommendation to the Board of Supervisors. Member Dorsey? Aye. Member Dorsey, aye. Chair Preston? Aye. Chair Preston, aye. I have two ayes. Thank you. That motion passes. Um, and uh, Madam Clerk, uh, please call items 
uh, two and three uh, together. Item two is a hearing to discuss the audit of the Ocean Avenue Association. It's issued on June 29, 2023, and requesting the Office of the Controller, Office of Economic and Workforce Development, and Ocean Avenue Association to report. Thank you, Madam. Item number three. Yes. Item number three is a resolution receiving and approving an annual report for the Ocean Avenue Community Benefit District for fiscal year 21-22, submitted as required by the Property and Business Improvement District Law of 1994 and the district's management agreement with the city. Thank you, Madam Clerk. And as mentioned earlier, we have uh, Supervisor Melgar joining us and appointed to the committee for these two items. So uh, thank you, Supervisor Melgar, for uh, being here and for your work on this. And uh, I'll turn it over to you. The floor is yours. Thank you so much, uh, Chair Preston, and thank you, colleagues, for hearing this item. Uh, I am glad to join the committee today as we look into the many community benefits districts in San Francisco. Uh, we know they're working day in and day out out to make our commercial corridor shine. Uh, District 7 is home to only one uh, CVD, um, which it shares with District 11, occupying Ocean Avenue, the corridor for Ocean Avenue. It is home to many cherished restaurants and cafes. Um, City College of San Francisco, uh, where faculty and staff uh, are a really important part of the economic fabric of this corridor. uh, also, the Balboa BART Station, public spaces like the Unity Plaza. Uh, in 2022, I requested this audit of the Ocean Avenue Association along with Supervisor Safai because several merchants and community members were concerned about uh, financial mismanagement and transparency issues. We are here now to learn the results of this audit. Thank you so much uh, for for, uh, your work on this um, and to pave the way forward for the Ocean Avenue Association to improve services to the surrounding businesses and community members. Um, I also wanna acknowledge the collaboration with uh, the District 7 office um, that we have developed with a new staff uh, at the Ocean Avenue Association. And I look forward to supporting their progress on issues issues that have been identified in the audit um, as areas of growth. Uh, So first, uh, I'd like to call up Helen Vo. Thank you so much for being here uh, from the Office of the Controller to present the audit process and the results uh, that took took place. Um, So welcome. And I'll begin, Supervisors. Uh, Good morning, Um, Chair Preston, Supervisors Dorsey and Melgar, Mark De La Rosa, Director of Audits for the Controller's Office. I'm joined today by Helen Vo, Audit Manager, uh, who worked on the audit of the Ocean Avenue Association uh, that we uh, issued back in June of 2023. And we do have a few slides. um, If we can pull that up. Thank you so much. Our audit objectives for this engagement uh, were to determine whether OAA, Ocean Avenue Association, appropriately complied with and administered grant agreements and effectively managed uh, the community benefit district. Um, Our audit contained four overarching findings and 19 recommendations, all of which the department, uh, the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, um, concurred with implementing. 
Uh, as part of our normal process, we do follow up on all of our audit recommendations uh, every six months from the time of issuance. Um, and with that, I will turn it over to Helen to go over our findings and recommendations. Thank you, Mr. De La Rosa. I don't think your mic is on. Try again, Helen. Maybe you just need to put it cl close up oh, to yeah. your face. To speak into the better? mic, it's on. This better? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good morning, supervisors. Helen Bow, uh, audit manager with the controller's office. Um, I'm here today to provide a brief background of the audit as well as some high level overview of the audit's findings and recommendations. Um, on this slide here, you will see details of the background as well as the relationship of the parties involved, namely the city, um, the Office of Economic and Workforce Development, the Ocean Avenue Community Benefit District, and the Ocean Avenue Association, which is the nonprofit organization formed to manage the Ocean Avenue CBD. The Ocean Avenue CBD was formed and approved by the Board of Supervisors in 2010. In 2011, the Board approved the management agreement between the City and Ocean Avenue Association, and OEWD manages this agreement on behalf of the City. Uh, per California Code, the Ocean Avenue Association developed its management plan, which includes programs for improvements, services, and activities. A couple of such programs are the Cleaning, Maintenance, and Safety Program, as well as the Marketing, Streetscape Improvement, and Beautification Program. Um, the table you see on this slide shows the annual budget during the audit period, which was from July 2018 through June 2022 broken down by revenues and expenses. The audit contained four overarching findings. Um, the first finding discusses how the Ocean Avenue Association's Board of Directors does not effectively govern the organization or the Ocean Avenue CBD. Um, a little more specifically, Ocean Avenue Association lacks adequate controls over critical operational functions. Some members of its board of directors did not always exhibit a tone that promotes the importance of strong internal controls. The organizational structure was ineffective with unclear roles and responsibilities. During the time of the audit, the policies and procedures had not been established. Goals, metrics, and methods to evaluate the program's performance also had not been implemented. The second um, finding Ocean Avenue Association does not fully comply with some key provisions of its management agreement, namely relating to the annual and mid-year reports, the budget allocations, eligible expenditures, and accounting records. Also, during fieldwork testing um, of a sample of 29 expenditures totaling roughly $114,000, Ocean Avenue Association was only able to provide partial support for four of those 29. Uh, sample expenditures. The third finding relates to the strategic plan. Although Ocean Avenue Association uh, implemented many of the plan's recommendations, at the time of the audit, the board was still in the process of implementing a few more, um, including adopting an annual budget with expectations, goals, and scheduled updates. The first work plan is scheduled for this fiscal year, 2023-24. 
Um, and lastly, during the audit period, OAA executed six grant agreements with the city. The exhibit here details those six grant agreements, as well as the revenues received from July 2018 through June 2022. The audit found that OAA does not always properly administer those grant agreements and failed to implement um, grant management policies, creating an environment in which key grant documents cannot be located or grant activities cannot be adequately supported. Um, OAA also paid some of its consultants without sufficient support for the services provided and could not justify some expenses associated with their staff's efforts. Um, to address the four overarching findings, the report includes 19 recommendations to OEWD covering the five general areas you see here. The recommendations help to ensure that Ocean Avenue Association first and foremost um, improves its control environment, ensure its obligations and responsibilities are fulfilled, complies with the management agreement provisions, implement the strategic plan recommendations, and improve its grant management and administration. Um, and with that, I will now turn it over to Jackie Hazelwood with OEWD to go over the status of each of those 19 uh, audit recommendations. Great, thank you, Ms. Vo. And welcome, Ms. Hazelwood. Also, welcome to the job. Thank, thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, before, and, and before you start, let me just, uh, I, I do want to thank you for, uh, you know, these um, annual reports on community benefit districts are a ton of work, and I will say that the Board of Supervisors, they, they all these come to GAO annually and then before the full board, but we rely very heavily uh, on, on OEWD that really plays a crucial function in really checking in with uh, the CBDs and bringing information, flagging, you know, uh, compliance and non-compliance issues for us. Um, and this uh, usually falls on uh, the gentleman in the first row, Mr. Corgus, who has uh, uh, faithfully uh, executed that work and gone above and beyond for years, uh, but we've been thrilled to, to work with you, um, Ms. Hazelwood, and I, I just wanna thank you and, and recognize all the work leading up to these hearings and all uh, the briefings and discussions uh, with, with my team, with my legislative aide, Melissa Hernandez, and uh, great to have you on board and looking forward to your presentation on this one and then the, the others on our agenda, great. welcome. Thank you so much, Chair Preston, um, and good morning and happy birthday, Supervisor Dorsey and hello, Supervisor Melgar. Um, so thank you for addressing that, but just wanted to give that quick intro. Hello, I'm Jackie Hazelwood, uh, the new CBD program director starting in August. Um, and as you said, it is a lot of work. It takes a team um, and super appreciative of Chris Corgus for being here today as our new deputy director of the Community Economic Development Division within OEWD. Um, so with that, um, I will go ahead and also provide a quick thank you to Mark, Helen, and the staff at the Controller's Office um, for this report and working with our department leading up to and following this audit. It was a lot of work. So building off of the, the background that Mark and Helen provided, I'd like to provide some additional detail on the more immediate lead up to the audit. Um, so in an early effort to best set the stage for the renewal of the district in 2025, OEWD recommended and funded the creation of the Ocean Avenue Association Strategic Plan, which was completed in January 2021. 
The report was designed to provide a roadmap to fix systemic and structural issues the organization was facing and focused on achieving financial stability, improving program effectiveness, and developing an effective management structure and board staff relationships. Through this plan spurred, though this plan spurred some corrective action from OAA, progress was slow. So based on this slow progress and concerns echoed in the neighborhood from invested community members about the organization's compliance with their management plan, Supervisor Melgar requested an audit of the organization and OWD plan to utilize its budget to have the Office of Controller complete the audit in fiscal year 22-23. As a result, in June 2023, the Controller's Office produced its report with these 19 recommendations for OWD to ensure OAA improves its control environment. Um, and so, as also described by the Controller's Office, these 19 recommendations generally focused on the following areas here. And as of January 2024, 12 of these 19 recommendations have been implemented. The remaining seven that are pending are largely pending based on the receipt of the, the fiscal year 22-23 annual reports um, from Ocean Avenue, which has not been submitted as Ocean Avenue is undergoing a gap financial audit um, for, the, for the period um, of fiscal year 22-23, which necessitates additional procedures on behalf of the auditors for a more thorough process than a standard financial review. This financial audit is expected to be complete by mid-February, at which point OEWD will set an updated deadline for the annual report itself. And at this point, I'd like to touch on each of the recommendations from the controller's office to, bro to, to provide more detail on the how, if they were implemented, and the why, if they are still pending. Recommendation one, setting a tone at the top that promotes the importance of strong controls and demonstrates accountability to all organizational policies and procedures. Um, this was marked as implemented. OAA implement, worked with OEWD to address this through board development training, which was funded through an OEWD grant. Trainings were complete in February and March of 2023, and trainings covered topics including general board best practices, vision and mission statement, insight, and board policy review. Moving on to recommendation number two. This is in process, um, and it is still marked as open. So formally establishing a clear vision and common understanding of its members' duties and responsibilities and how they differ from those of OAA's executive director and staff. So this is marked as in process largely due to the fact that we're waiting on this annual report. Um, and that is needed for the OAA board to formally evaluate and record the executive director's job performance. Moving on to recommendation number three. So requiring that a comprehensive, easy to locate set of internal policies and procedures be created and implemented for all operational areas and activities. This was implemented via board approval of these updated internal policies and updated bookkeeping processes as observed by OWD. Moving on to recommendation four, this was also marked as implemented due to similar um, reasons. So the board approved updated the, these updated policies um, during a board meeting that was attended by OWD. Recommendation five, this is another one of our pending items that is um, largely being tracked. Um, and OAA expects significant but not complete improvement in fiscal year 24 and further improvement in fiscal year 25. Moving on to recommendation number six. This has been implemented um, requiring the executive director to summarize in writing and distribute the board to the board all, all applicable provisions of state code focusing on avoiding conflicts of interest this was implemented and pr produced to all board members of Ocean Avenue. Recommendation number seven, um, this was marked as implemented and closed. Um, it refers to the development, documentation, and implementation of policies related to conflicts of interest for the board and staff. 
Um, this was implemented and confirmed by OEWD at their presence at a recent board meeting of Ocean Avenue. Recommendation number eight, this was also implemented and closed. Um, and it is based on the research and implement, implementation of best practices of city committees of similar size and or scope and what state law requires to help ensure the board fully complies. Um, with guidance from OEWD, OAA has worked to improve this area in this area um, and they have been able to build off of best practices from other CBDs. Recommendation number nine, considering establishing term limits for its members. Um, uh, OAA did implement this and it was observed by um, OEWD at a recent board meeting. Recommendation number 10 is marked as pending. Again, this is due to the receipt of the fiscal year 22-23 report. And this is going to be for the next couple. Recommendation number 11 is also pending upon receipt of the 22-23 fiscal year report. Recommendation number 11, continu continuing with efforts to implement a timekeeping process that tracks employee time by activities. This was marked as implemented and it was observed by OEWD on an on-site visit um, and also in conversations with their recently um, contracted CPA firm. Recommendation number 13, ensuring annual reports include information regarding ending cumulative operating reserve balance. This is pending due to the receipt, awaiting receipt of that fiscal year 22-23 report. Similarly, recommendation number 14, um, the CPA firm is in the process of completing this fiscal year report and um, that is why it's pending. Recommendation number 15, implement, implementing a system such as an electronic documentation management system to maintain supporting documentation for all expenditures. This was marked as implemented and was observed on site via OEWD um, with a check in there. Recommendation number 16, this is also in process and it is largely based on the fact that we are awaiting that fiscal year 22-23 report. Um, it's also pending based on conversations with the, the recently contracted CPA firm and Ocean Avenue itself in terms of the appropriate documentation of all budget items moving forward. Recommendation number 17, ensuring financial policy requirements are consistent with existing practices. For example, the check signers required by the policy must be consistent with the authorized signers on OA's bank accounts. This was marked as implemented for the following reasons here. Recommendation 18, only paying grant expenses after obtaining sufficient support for services provided and only seeking grant reimbursements when able to justify expenses. Um, this one, so the CPA and firm has introduced systems that have proven to be sufficient support for grant reimbursements and grant reporting and OEWD has worked directly with staff to ensure grant deliverables are appropriately met and received on schedule. It should be noted that this recommendation is marked as implemented now, though there was an unfortunate circumstance in October of 2023 surrounding the day of cancellation of a neighborhood event. Through discussions with OAA staff and leadership, in review of documentation leading up to the event, OEWD determined that this cancellation was due to no direct fault of OAA, but rather logistical challenges, including a truck breakdown of all vendor equipment as communicated by OAA by its subcontractor sub for its event. Moving on to recommendation number 19, implementing effective grant management policies and procedures, including those that will result in strong records management practices. The policies and procedures should require that pre-award documents, agreement documents, financial documents, project documents, and general documents are obtained and retained. This was implemented, um, again, for those same reasons via OEWD's direct work via grants and also 
um, investments and work with the CPA firm that they have contracted. In terms of looking forward, this was, you know, a lot, these 12 of 19 recommendations that were um, complete, it's been a lot of work, um, but looking ahead, again, we do need that fiscal year 22-23 report to close out the remainder of these recommendations. Um, and though it's been building for years, the Ocean Avenue Association has seen some faster moving progress um, in the last one to two years, specifically highlighting organizational improvement. Um, there have been new systems and policies in place, bookkeeping software and tools, and some key partnerships, including that one with the CPA firm I've referenced several times throughout these recommendations. Um, they've been great in terms of providing that organizational structure and support in terms of tracking and um, support in terms of compliance as well. Um, they also did hire a board consultant, which was funded through an OEWD grant that helped in terms of compliance with the board and also encouraging board engagement. Um, and both that organizational improvement actively supports compliance efforts and the overall mission of the organization. Additionally, there's been successful leadership transition. Um, the new executive director, Christian Martin, who's here today, brings a wealth of experience and best practices for program and organizational management based on his um, work with other CBDs, including that of Soma West CBD. So as the organization continues to work on recommendations from this audit, under the guidance of OEWD, OAA is well positioned in its pursuit of a June 2025 district renewal. Um, so that concludes this presentation from OEWD. Um, at this time, we welcome any questions for the city, so for OEWD, um, for the controller's office, and also do want to highlight that Christian Martin from Ocean Avenue is here as well. Thank you so much, Ms. Hazelwood. Um, I don't have any questions for you, but I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for all of this hard work. And I in particular want to uh, thank Chris Corgas uh, because this has been a project of ours for uh, the last, you know, three and a half years, for you longer. Uh, but since I became supervisor, the level of uh, care attention uh, in collaboration with OEWG and from you in particular has been outstanding. Um, and uh, that uh, I also want to say thank you for this process because, you know, sometimes when we see things that are not working, it's really easy to complain and be like, oh, you know, but, but this uh, was focused, you know, in identifying what areas do we need to improve uh, and doing the technical assistance and support to do the training of the board to, you know, guide folks to where they need to be. And uh, it is palpable if there's been a palpable difference you can see it on the corridor um, and we still have challenges and you know some some ways to go in our areas of growth but you know everything from the leadership transition and supporting uh, the collaborative relationship uh, with OEWG has been really outstanding so I want to say thank you so much and let's keep going because uh, they're up for renewal um, there's even talk of an expansion so like we we need to keep supporting this organization so that they are successful and that the businesses on the corridor are successful as well. Thank you. Uh, I don't know if, uh, oh, uh, Supervisor Dorsey. I, don't know. Um, I just wanted to express my gratitude for this. This, it's interesting to me because, you know, I, in my district I have a few CBDs <laughs> and I think they're all well regarded and well done, but it's, it was, it's fascinating to, and I think great to know that if there are, is ever an issue, um, there is a, a really effective process to remedy those. So this has been enlightening, and one of the reasons I think there, you know, the, the CBDs in uh, 
my district are so well regarded is one of the, pe the people who is being hired as uh, the executive director here. And I have uh, known uh, Christian Martin by, first by reputation, then just as a resident, um, and now as a supervisor. And I am, think very highly of him. I have um, lofty ambitions for his career. I don't know whether he shares them sometimes, but um, I think this is a great pick, um, and I think he'll be well served. Thank you. Uh, so next, um, Chair, if it's okay with you, I'd like to uh, call up uh, Christian Martin, um, the newish Executive Director of the Ocean Avenue Association, um, so we can get a better understanding of the current um, structure and the remaining challenges uh, at the uh, CBD. I uh, want to thank you so much uh, from the time I first met you uh, until now. You have done a really great job, um, but you also have uh, been outstanding at the relationships, uh, which is a very important part of running a successful CBD. So um, if you could just talk to us a little bit about um, the context of your work uh, at uh, the Ocean Avenue Association and what you can you still see what you've done because uh, sure. you've obviously done a lot and then what remains as challenges sure thank you supervisor Melgar supervisor Preston supervisor Dorsey um, <clears throat> so I joined OAA at the end of 22 and it's been a challenge certainly uh, the OEWD and the controller laid out what those challenges were um, but uh, the biggest challenge was dealing with the stakeholders and kind of uh, smoothing those ruffled feathers and getting people back to the table who had left and um, ensuring them that the organization was on the right track and worth uh, contributing their time and resources in once again. So um, we set out to establish, um, you know, all of the things that uh, OEWD listed in that 19 recommendations. So a tone at the top, um, internal safeguards and controls, um, accounting procedures that made any type of sense, um, and establishing um, a presence on the corridor, including a daily cleaning and maintenance operation, uh, an ambassador program, a bike safety patrol, um, that uh, lets merchants know that we're we're there, we're supportive, and um, yeah, that they you know can call on us um, when things pop up, graffiti, you know, cleaning, you know, feces, that type of thing. So um, we've recently started doing more placemaking. We um, set up string lights along the corridor. Uh, we've got banners coming out, uh, hanging flower baskets, things that beautify the, the corridor and encourage um, visitors and residents to come out and, you know, walk around and and um, take part in the community. So it's been a process. It's it's certainly been a learning experience for me, even though I've been doing this for quite some time. Um, you know, every every new uh, district is a challenge and you know it's been it's been a pleasure getting to know the people of Ocean Avenue and thank you you also opened an office we did we opened <laughs> an really office significant. <laughs> we did open an office at uh, 1720 Ocean Avenue uh, we host um, 
Officer Butler and SFPD and Council of District Merchants, as well as art pop-ups and wine festivals and things of that nature, and our monthly board meetings, of course, where um, the community can, can come and tell us how we're doing and uh, what we can do better. So that's been a big part of it. Thank you, Mr. Martin. And can you uh, tell us a little bit about what happened uh, on that day in October when uh, the cancellation of Phoenix Day happened so abruptly? Uh, I think a lot of community members were disappointed. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we uh, made a um, payment to a, what was a trusted vendor, and that individual let us down uh, at the last minute with a bunch of... Um, excuses and unfortunately uh, we haven't been able to track him down and to get him to refund those resources um, but um, we rebounded with you know uh, another event in the holidays to kind of let people know that we're still producing events and open for business but unfortunately Phoenix Day was uh, a disappointment and we're still trying to recoup those funds. Mm -hmm. Well, we do have the Lunar New Year celebration coming up, <laughs> um, but we, I trust that you, we will work with folks to track down uh, that vendor. Um, so uh, I will tell you what um, I would like you to, to address uh, that I've heard from the community uh, that are areas that are still sort of seen as challenges. Um, one of them is uh, that, you know, the corridor is very diverse, as you know. Uh, we have a number of merchants who uh, are Cantonese speakers, um, and there's a perception that we lack that, um, you know, capacity uh, in the OAA to support and communicate with those businesses. Can you tell me uh, what your thoughts or plans are yeah. around that? Yeah, that, that's the reality, and we are reaching out as we speak to um, supplement our current uh, staffing with Cantonese speakers. Um, it's, it's a process that we're working uh, closely with um, the, the community to, to resolve, but it is an issue that we're working on. Okay, and I also will work with OEWD to make sure that we can uh, support you uh, and see if there's any uh, things that can be made available through the city as well, because that's really important to me. Um, so the other area that um, has been talked about is about marketing and promoting uh, the corridor. Um, I will say that uh, in the past year, uh, there's been a marked improvement in the number of vacancies. There has been a lot of storefronts that have been filled with new businesses, um, and that's really great. Um, there's still a couple of very large, uh, you know, vacancies that are visible, right? Um, and so I'm wondering what your thoughts are and plans uh, around yeah. that. Yeah, we have um, each vacancy listed on our website. Uh, we have the, the commercial brokers uh, on speed dial, and we're working with the landowners to um, accept the reality of what the rents they can expect are uh, in 2024 um, and hopefully try to make a connection with um, you know businesses that are able to to meet those rent obligations um, it's a challenge it's a challenge not just on Ocean Avenue um, certainly citywide um, but you know through kind of consistent communication and you know letting uh, our stakeholders know 
that those availabilities on the corridor exist and to help get the word out any way they can. Um, we're hoping to see some some progress on those vacancies in the you know in the next quarter or two. Um, but you know it's it's a challenge. Commercial vacancies are, are a big issue. Yeah, they are. But um, thank you so much for your work on that. So my last question, Chair, is um, uh, about. Um, you know, your renewal uh, and a possible expansion, because I know the folks on the other side of Junipero Serra have been chomping at the bit to get married, and uh, I know you're doing work with them already on a contractual basis, um, but, you know, given what you've been through and the heavy lift of uh, bringing policies and procedures and, um, uh, you know, formal accounting <laughs> uh, to the organization, do you think that it is strong enough to, uh, you know, have an expansion. I do. I think we've built a, a strong foundation that can support the expansion, certainly of Lakeside Village. Um, you know, we've uh, been cleaning that area three days a week and have a good relationship with the merchants and, and the owners down there. And I think they're um, certainly excited about the, the prospect of joining. And um, I think oh, we'll, you know, will accept them and any other kind of fringe areas um, with open arms uh, when the expansion occurs. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you. That's it for my questions. Or Mr. Martin, I don't know if Supervisor Dorsey, okay. Um, so. Thank you, I, I, I did have one question. And thank you, Mr. Martin, and I, you were, I think, here last year when you were, had just starting and had been and, and people were saying um, wonderful things about you as you were uh, taking this on and I just want to echo the the thanks for this is you know not the easiest role uh, to step into with uh, the the various challenges here um, so I, I want to thank you for your work on that and your close collaboration with uh, Supervisor Melgar's office no AWD um, I, I did have um, just a question to follow up on Supervisor Melgar's uh, question around the, and I think this is probably for OEWD, um, just on the one um, $10,000, the Phoenix Day contract that you asked yeah. about, and, and uh, I understand that that uh, you're pursuing that. I just want to, I don't know if this is a vendor that is doing other business with the city, and I just wanted to get on the record and make sure that, that this has been Escalated beyond OEWD so that the controller or other departments are are aware of the situation uh, in case it would impact other contracting decisions with that entity. So I do want to flag that this this has been escalated internally for OEWD in terms of our, our leadership and also for our contracts team who are the ones who approve um, moving forward with formal contracts. Um, the this sub it's a subcontractor does not have any active um, contracts with the city or with OEWD with the OEWD at this time, um, and I think that that addresses the yeah, question. Yeah, God, thank you for clarifying. I'm just trying to make sure with and I understood. I think my staff had asked about that, and you clarified yeah. it was escalated within OEWD. Uh, I just want to make sure that the extent to which they're approaching any other. Departments That's right, and our our contracts team also did. Um, confer with the the debarred that the list in terms Great. of whether they were a bad actor they're not currently on that list so um in terms of their awareness of whether they, there was any bad action it is you know obviously 
they just were going in, in good spirits and good faith that they were going to be a good vendor for this, this project. Okay. It turns out it wasn't the case. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Ms. Hazelwood, do you want to stay up there? <laughs> um, thank you so much, Mr. Martin. I appreciate the, the presentation. So, uh, Ms. Hazelwood will now present on item number three, the, the annual report. Just bear with me as I am moving slides around. And I'd also like to just flag for, for you all that um, I am going to just go ahead and move through a high-level overview for um, just for all the CBDs, and I'll stop after Ocean Avenue and then move forward to um, Ocean Avenue's programmatic slides before returning back um, to OEWD's slides so that Supervisor Melgar um, can move along should you, should you wish. Uh, that's fine, but so just to be clear, but you're gonna you're gonna give the the overview and then start with Ocean Avenue, but then we haven't called the others, so you'll hold the exactly. Slides on the so I'm gonna give the an overview, you. yeah, of the of the Perfect. CBD program and our benchmarking process, and we'll move into Ocean Avenue. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So as noted in prior items during today's agenda, and as you may already know, CBDs and bids are governed by two pieces of legislation. The first being the California Streets and Highways Code, Section 36600, known as the 1994 Act. The second being the SF Business and Tax Regulations Code, Article 15. So OEWD is charged with ensuring that all CBDs are meeting their management plans, specifically that they are providing services as outlined in their plans and that they are spending assessment funds accordingly. Those, funding, those findings are detailed in the memo in your packets and summarized in today's presentations. So this slide here provides an overview of all the CBDs and bids that we will review today. Um, a majority of the CBDs are property-based except for the TID and MED, and there is a large range in the budgets. Um, and again, I will return back to those high-level slides for other folks after um, we go through Ocean Avenue. So as a part of our memo process, OEWD staff reviewed the following budget-related benchmarks for each CBD and bid. Benchmark one compares current year budget to management plan budget. Benchmark two confirms that non-assessment revenue obligations were met. Benchmark three compares current year budgets to actuals. And benchmark four is whether CBD identifies that carry forward and designated projects were identified. So Ocean Avenue. Ocean Avenue met the first two benchmarks and missed benchmarks three and four. To dive in a little bit more in terms of those missing benchmarks, um, they missed benchmark three, which is the one that compares current year budget to actuals. Um, OAA budget, the OAA budget amount and actual expenses for the fiscal year were not within the 10 percentage points as they overspent in their cleaning, maintenance, and public safety category by 0.53%. So OEWD believes that this could have been prevented had the CBD followed through on planned spending in the marketing, streetscape, streetscape improvements, and beautification service area, and through the solicitation of committee and board feedback before making a proposal. They did not meet benchmark four due to just, it was due to a reporting error, um, as they did not provide the carry forward amount in their spend down plan, which is required. Um, and so it's more so a clerical piece. And our recommendation there is that they utilize our format um, and just move forward and in including that in future reports. In terms of the findings and recommendations on the organization, um, as was referred to in a prior agenda item, we focused on implement the, the during this fiscal period, there's a focus on implementation of the OEWD funded strategic plan. 
Um, this period also saw a change in leadership. This is prior to Christian Martin, um, as there was a brief period in which there was a new executive director who provided some administrative support, um, but ultimately did resign shortly after this reporting period concluded. OEWD also received multiple complaints during this period again, which was the, the more problematic period that we we're talking about um, previously surrounding its compliance with the Brown Act and service delivery during the period. As noted, these challenges were contributing factors to the request for audit of the organization, and though not in this reporting period, OEWD would like to acknowledge the significant strides the OAA has made and through and beyond fiscal year 22-33. So now I'm gonna go ahead and skip ahead to Ocean Avenue slides for Christian Martin to come forward. Hello again. Um, I'm gonna briefly cover this fiscal year 21-22 because I wasn't there. So um, in that year, um, they did a number of things including uh, worked with Cleanscape's Division of Recology to do some cleaning and graffiti. We don't know how much because they didn't keep good records. Uh, worked with DPW to add five trash cans. Um, did a, a number of traffic calming um, programs, including respect the new 20 mile per hour on Ocean Avenue. Uh, printed a bunch of uh, posters and placed them in the, uh, the businesses and they developed a series of events to bring neighbors to Ocean Avenue, um, collected 25,000 uh, pounds, 1,300 graffiti cleanups, um, a number of uh, landscaping issues were addressed. Um, they developed a database of all businesses and produced the business directory. I'll skip ahead and to um, a, 40% increase in email, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, following for our marketing campaigns. Um, <clears throat> I spoke a little bit about these traffic calming uh, exercises, um, murals, beautification, paint the void. Um, I was engaged to provide murals on the corridor, beautifying, and we worked with MTA um, to regularly steam clean Unity Plaza. Um, a number of business assistance uh, initiatives were engaged, um, working with merchants to provide rent relief through a pilot program. And in March of 2022, the vacancy report showed 25% vacancy um, by June, that report showed vacancy had fallen to about 12%. So we're hoping to get a similar reduction this year. Um, events and activations, including National Night Out, Ocean After Hours, Open the Gate, um, Gotta Love Ocean Avenue, Art Show were produced. And uh, continuing a number of uh, events and activations, um, engaging Lick Wilmerding School, and um, doing some community service with uh, the Turkey Drive with St. Anthony's. Uh, looking forward, at the time they were looking forward to uh, improving the board member handbook since we've uh, done an extensive training on how to be a good board member and we've 
actually had um, some addition by subtraction, uh, removing some problematic board members. Um, and again, financial policies have all been revamped. Uh, we um, dismissed the accountant and bookkeeper who was there during the problematic areas and um, have uh, completely redone all of that. Um, looking forward, we just hope to continue the progress. Uh, we've already started working with NBS to um, set the uh, groundwork for our renewal, and uh, we're working with a number of community partners, including Lakeside Village, MoCD, MTA, Parks and Recs, and BART. Uh, budget is not big enough, but we make the most of it. So, <laughs> thank you. Any questions? I have no other questions than the ones I've already asked you, but uh, my colleagues might. I, I just want to say thank you so much for you. Uh, taking this on by the horns and uh, making the progress that you've made. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, seeing no one on the roster with questions, why don't we go ahead and open up a public comment on uh, items two and three. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item should line up now along the side by the windows. All speakers will have two minutes to speak. Oh, Fisherman's Wharf, so it's not a magic. Public comment, Sun Devil 120-666-9889, if the display can be shown, madam. Public Land Management, Arizona State University, two minutes. I plant cactus. Thank you. Good morning, Supervisors. Mary Harris, President of um, All My Neighbors in Action, um, helped start this CBD, so I've tried to keep track of it, but I've had um, a conflict with a, another board that I was on that I now retired, so now I can pay more attention. But overall, I love the cleanliness of the corridor, people that come and visit, remark on it, and I'm very proud of that. Love the hanging baskets, thought we were moving on up when I saw those. Um, the two things that um, I'm on, oh, I'm happy about the, the uh, having a permanent director. Um, I would like to see more when a business opens on the corridor, a more a bigger announcement and a celebratory um, activity that happens with it so that people know that, hey, we have this new store come and support this small business on our corridor. And I would also like to see um, when there's small business week, if we can have more attention to that um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and I think there's another week there, and the, and that's kind of very low key, but I think that can be approved upon. But other than that, I look forward to the expansion and the um, renewal next year. Thank you. Mr. Chair, that completes public comment. Thank you. Public comment on these items is now closed. Uh, Supervisor Melgar. 
Thank you, Chair. Um, I would like to make a motion that we file he the hearing item number two uh, and uh, send item number three to the full board with a positive recommendation. Thank you, Madam Clerk. I'm sorry, Mem Member Melgar, can you repeat that motion? Sure. Uh, that I, my motion is that we file the hearing for, um, that's item number two, um, and that we send item number three uh, to the full board with a positive recommendation. On that motion to ha file the hearing for item number two and, and uh, send the recommendation to the board for item number three with the positive recommendation, Member Dorsey? Member Melgar? Aye. Chair Preston? Aye. I have three ayes. Thank you, the motion to pass. Uh, and thank you again, Supervisor Melgar, Melgar, for your work on this and for being here. Let's go ahead and call items four through nine together, Madam Clerk. Items four through nine are resolutions receiving and approving an annual report for Fisherman's Wharf, for Soma, excuse me, Soma West Community Benefit District, Fisherman's Wharf, Lower Polk, Union Square, Tourism Improvement District, and Moscone Expansion District, Downtown Community District, excuse me, Community Business District, for fiscal year 21-22, submitted as required by the Property and Business Improvement District Law of 1994 and the District's Management Agreements with the City. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, and so we have uh, this, the remainder of our Community Benefit District's uh, annual reports. Looking forward to hearing these. Again, thank you for uh, all the work on this, as well as the thorough briefing of our office in advance of the hearing. Um, and uh, these items are um, sponsored, some of them by Supervisor Dorsey and some by Supervisor Peskin uh, for the CBDs in their respective districts. We're covering I think six different CBDs here, um, and I uh, want to uh, thank all the executive directors. I know we'll be hearing from folks, but I want to thank all the folks who are uh, leading this work. Uh, and uh, to get started, let's uh, go back to uh, Ms. Hazelwood. You can, I guess, continue, and, and thank you for the initial overview of how CBD reporting uh, works, and uh, I think you can pick it up now with the remaining CBDs. Perfect. Will do. So moving right along with Soma West. Um, so Soma West, their benchmarks, um, they did miss um, benchmarks two and four. They met benchmarks one and three. Um, in terms of diving into those benchmarks a little bit deeper, benchmark two is the one that confirms that non-assessment revenue obligations were met. So in this case, OEWD suspects that Soma West missed this requirement during this reporting period due to a combination of this being their first true year of full operations for the CBD following its establishment in 2019 and general impacts caused by COVID-19. Um, it should be noted that the CBD has had no trouble in raising grants of donations that would meet this require requirement moving forward. Um, Soma West also missed benchmark four, which in a similar way to Ocean Avenue in that it was due to a reporting error. Um, they did not include this in their annual report. Again, the recommendation from OEWD is that um, is that this is included in future reports and that they utilize OEWD's template moving forward. In terms of findings about the, about the district itself, 
talking a little bit more about its service delivery. Soma West CBD concluded its first full year of operations during this reporting period and was highly successful in implementing cleaning service delivery, completing 27.12% of 311 service requests within their geographic boundaries. So with this, OEWD believes that the CBD would be able to handle a greater amount of these requests with additional funding that could come from non-assessment dollars, um, either from city grant dollars or donations to hire additional staff to fulfill the scale of 311 requests that come in. The CBD estab established itself during this period as a strong community partner, particularly as it related to the pandemic and responding to that um, and met standard compliance requirements during the period. Moving along to Fisherman's Wharf, um, Fisherman's Wharf met all benchmarks. Uh, Fisherman's Wharf, this was a transition year. Fiscal year 21-22 was a transition year for the district and it marks the first year that CBD operated solely as the land side portion of the district due to the failure of the port side's renewal in the previous fiscal year. During this period, the, org the organization focused on optimizing their digital presence and marketing the district. Um, they launched a joint website partnership with the Fisherman's Wharf Merchant Association and their first fiscal year saw a 143% increase in the number of users and 247% increase in their number of page views. The CBD, was, the CBD does employ surveillance technology and did comply with OEWD's memo regarding this technology. There were no reported violations to OEWD of the Brown Act or of the California Public Records Act, and overall the CBD is well positioned to carry on its mission. Moving on to Lower Polk. Lower Polk met all four benchmarks. Um, during this review period, the CBD continued their COVID-19 response, um, that work of the prior year, expanding their clean team, increasing district cleaning, training staff on PPE use, and providing business support to merchants and renters. They did face board attendance challenges and ended up hiring a consultant to support and engagement efforts, which continues today. They also continued to face challenges in submitting annual report, their annual report on time. This is something that OEWD recommends that the CBD prioritizes in terms of their deadlines with both staff and financial partners. Moving on to Union Square, Union Square met all four benchmarks. The Union Square Alliance continued to identify and prioritize needs and solutions to bring both local and international visitors to the area to support local businesses through activations and marketing of the district. The period also saw a smooth transition from longtime executive director Karen Flood to former head of cannabis and assistant district attorney Marissa Rodriguez. The organization was in compliance with OEW's memo on surveillance technology, and there were no reported violations to OEWD of the Brown Act or the California Public Records Act. And overall, the CBD is well positioned to carry out its mission. Moving on to the Tourism Improvement District and the uh, Moscone Expansion District, um, the, the, the TID and the MED, they met all benchmarks um, for these organizations, and it should be noted that clearly you see there's only three benchmarks here. Um, as neither are required to raise non-assessment revenue, which was the second benchmark referenced in prior, um, for prior CBDs. So the TID and the MED are different from other districts, as you may be aware. Um, being reported on today as they are business-based districts relying on hotel room taxes for their assessment revenue. And with this in mind, both districts' assessment revenues were impacted by the pandemic, which can be seen in their actuals during this reporting period. Um, the TID contracts with SF Travel to implement services outlined in the management plan, and though the actual renewal um, of the TID took place just outside of the, the reporting period, there was a strong emphasis throughout fiscal year 21-22 in terms of this renewal work. Um, and just this, again, is outside of the renewal 
of, of this fiscal year 21-22 reporting period, but the TID did complete its renewal and expansion process in fall of 2022. And with this, the district is now set to expire in December of 2038. There were no reported violations to OEWD of the Brown Act or California Public Records Act for the TID or the MED, and the districts continue to succeed at their primary purpose of attracting tourism and conventions to San Francisco and renovating the Moscone Convention Center. Our last district here, Downtown Partnership, met all four um, benchmarks. So this, this year marks the first annual report submission for the Downtown Partnership. Although new, the Downtown Partnership quickly emerged as a thought and best practice leader while also responding well to the service needs within their district. Notably, they were able to respond and complete 47.24% of 311 requests that were generated within the service area. Um, they also prioritized attracting folks downtown and back to the office through public space activations, as this was their first year of Let's Glow, which we've seen um, since then. The CBD did not employ surveillance technology in this reporting period, and there were no reported compliance violations during the period. And overall, the CBD is well positioned to carry on its mission. And with this, I'd like to go ahead and turn it over back to Soma West to move forward with their presentation. And from there, um, should it um, be okay with the committee just moving forward with the presentations from there. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you for the presentation, Mr. Martin. Welcome back up, wearing a different hat. Floor is yours. Thank you, sir. Um, briefly, 2021-22 for Soma West was our um, really our first real full year of operations. Um, so those couple of missed benchmarks were I think a function of growing pains and it, it won't happen again. Um, services, uh, so we established, uh, like I said, our seven day a week cleaning and maintenance operation, our night crew, our outreach operation, um, did a number of public realm and streetscape improvements, um, number of marketing initiatives and neighborhood advocacy. Here are some shots of the, the crew in action uh, we broke up our 107 block CBD into 10 micro neighborhoods and we try to have an ambassador or cleaner in each one of the 10 zones. Uh, we have a uh, six truck fleet, uh, two pressure washers. Um, thank you, Supervisor Dorsey, for your support uh, on that second pressure washing unit. Uh, one street vacuum, a dump truck. Um, we employ... Um, landscapers and um, yeah, there's our night team. Um, they, at, during this fiscal year, we were operating a night team until 2 a.m. We've since uh, truncated those hours to 9 p.m. Um, for safety reasons. Um, our outreach team goes out and provides um, care packets and does, you know, welfare checks on folks living in the tents on the streets making sure um, you know they're not in crisis and we can help them wherever possible um, our clean team did 825,000 pounds of trash this year um, last calendar year we did a million um, we cover every block including uh, Caltrans properties even though we're not compensated for that um, some some numbers. Uh, our 
operating tasks generally are bulk pickups, um, corridor sweeping, graffiti removal, landscaping, and trash bag removal, and hazardous waste removal. We did a number of uh, streetscape and art projects, uh, including uh, lights over Clementina at 8th, as you can see here, a number of greening efforts, um, murals, and community events, including um, our farmer's market, which uh, brought fresh vegetables and artisan uh, handmade goods to Eagle Plaza. Any questions? Thank you very much, Mr. Martin. Uh, Supervisor Dorsey. Thank you, uh, Mr. Martin. I, I just want to, really no question, just to express my appreciation for um, the work of this um, CBD. And in many ways, I don't know if this is unique to the South of Market area. It's probably citywide. You know, at a time when there's not high confidence in many city departments, um, there's really high confidence in, in this community benefit district. Um, and I just appreciate the work you're doing. One other thing, too, is this is a CBD that um, I think you, you, there's at least two um, cultural districts, and I think you got a little bit of the transgender cultural district as well. The work that the CBD does to support uh, the um, LGBT leather cultural district and Soma Pilipinas is great, is extraordinary too. And that it really is uh, just bringing the whole neighborhood together. Um, I just value the work that you're doing and uh, I'm doing everything I can. There, there's some things I won't, I won't get into now, but there are some things that we're doing to make sure that the CBD is compensated for some of the work that it's doing uh, in a way that is uncompensated right now. So we're working behind the scenes and um, to try to get um, funding for that because I keep making the point to people there's a lot of bang for your buck at Soma West CBD and other CBDs generally, so I just appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, um, and uh, you know this is more more of a comment than anything uh, on one particular thing you mentioned, the Knight Ambassador Program. You know, we called for and held a hearing around community ambassadors generally last year. Uh, pleased to see a lot of that work getting consolidated in and co better coordinated through DEM. Uh, but I think in that hearing really highlighted all the different programs. Some of them have really been uh, sort of a work in progress of seeing what works, what doesn't work, um, how we can do better and, and not do duplicative work and make sure we're covering as much area as possible and so forth. Um, and we will be having a follow-up hearing on that. I raise this just because I'm particularly interested and uh, would love to learn more either from uh, Supervisor Dorsey or, or from you, just on how the experience with the Knight Ambassador's been going. I think it's a really challenging, um, you know, in Soma, Tenderloin, you know, Tenderloin's outside, obviously, your area, but we've had similar, you know, efforts. Code Tenderloin's been doing some of the nighttime ambassador work. It's both essential, I think, but also in terms of safety of ambassadors, you know, a, a real challenge. So I, I appreciate the, uh, your comments around, you know, some of the adjustments that you've made around safety, but I just want to encourage um, 
you to share information on that experience. I, I, I don't think you need to do it here, but ju just as we approach our follow-up hearing around ambassadors uh, with DEM and we've been working with them, I think hearing from all folks who have been doing uh, nighttime ambassador work uh, and appreciate your leadership on that, uh, would love to know how the city can best support that work. Um, because like I said, I think it's really, we've, we've made a lot of progress by day in having a presence of ambassadors, but it's quite a different scene as we know uh, at night. So if, if you wanna share any reflections on that, that's yeah. fine, but I really just wanna encourage the, the engagement as we continue to look and coordinate our ambassador work. Certainly, and thank you for those comments. Um, I know we're working closely with DEM on that effort to help you know, kind of coordinate all the ambassador programs. Uh, the CBDs have been running ambassador programs for the longest. Um, and I think we have a lot of wisdom and insight that's been gathered over the years, and we're happy to share with some of the newer ambassador programs in the city itself. So happy to be a part of that process. Great, thank you very much. You. Um, and I believe someone correct me if they want a different order, but I believe next up is uh, uh, Fisherman's Wharf uh, CBD. Uh, welcome. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I guess it's still morning. Uh, Chair Preston, Supervisor Dorsey. I think this will work. Yeah, there we go. So uh, thank you for having us here today. And I'll uh, run quickly through 2122. I was ED at that time. Um, I took over on December 10th, 2018. And at that time, it, we were coming up on renewal. And we renewed in 2020. So, and that, you know, it was mentioned that we that the portside CBD did not renew, and uh, Chair Preston, you asked me about that last year. So again, we took our budget up from 758,000 at renewal on the land side to 1.2 million. So, you know, I'm not going to credit myself with that foresight, but you know, I was concerned uh, due to the politics and the nature of the portside businesses that they might have an issue renewing. So um, we kind of. With the board, we thought, thought that through and realized that that was, you know, an option in the pandemic hit, and it really, you know, a business-based CBD uh, really, you know, took the wind out of their sails. So with that, as you can see, our budget's $1.25 million in 21-22. Uh, our biggest investment uh, that year, and we, in conjunction with the Fisherman's Wharf Merchants Association, which was struggling at the time during the pandemic, we partnered with them to merge the two URLs. We were visitfishermanswharf.com, they were fishermanswharf.org, and we invested in a very sophisticated website to, so we wouldn't have to invest in an FTE. Um, well, we did invest in FTE, but they could do, run it part-time as opposed to full-time. And the result was predictable um, and huge, 143% in, uh, in attendees and then the users jumped 247 percent so uh, highly successful website deployment in 21-22 the events everyone's very familiar with um, you know fleet week fourth of july so on and so forth uh just draw your attention down to the evergreen event um it that was very unique we were asked to be a part of a kind of a conglomeration of other entities the chamber and uh, public library, believe it or not, and to lean in the evergreen, trying to get some more green tourism uh, for the district. And ironically, we ran across, thanks to the public library, a, a book called Home Baked. And 
pot brownies actually started at Fisherman's Wharf. It's just absolutely bizarre. <laughs> so if you haven't read this, it's a San Francisco, uh, it's a great read. Uh, it's on Audible as well. And Alia Volz is the daughter. And I think that's uh, my mom, Marijuana and the Stoning of San Francisco is, is the byline of the book. So highly recommend it if you haven't read it. So we, we had her book signing um, at the wharf in the, in the public plaza there. So that was our contribution to Evergreen. Uh, when the port side did not renew, we started the affiliate program to generate revenue uh, from the port side because a lot of port side businesses still wanted to be a part of the district. So we came up with the idea of the affiliate program. As you can see, all these people signed on. Initially, it was about $20,000 in revenue. It's now up to now almost $50,000 in revenue from the port side to contribute uh, to the marketing effort. We still don't do clean and safe during 2122. Uh, advertising. Um, we did a good job advertising. I didn't hire a new uh, marketing director until uh, 23, but you know the numbers kind of speak for themselves. One, one thing I want to point out is we do get 120,000 annually from Google. That's a credit. It's an in-kind. It's not money itself, but we can spend $10,000 a month on marketing in Google Ads, and we. It's it's tough to. It's called a click-through rate CTR. And what does that mean? That means how many people actually click on it and actually spend time on your website. Industry average is about 3%. In order to maintain the Google Ad grant, you want 5%. Our, in 2122, our average click-through rate was 10%, which is huge. We do have a firm that manages that for us. It costs us about $6,000 a year. And, but the advertising that we get out of it, as you can tell, is phenomenal. And our numbers, you know, uh, we're a different district. We have four cleaning and hospitality ambassadors. That's not four per day. That's four cleaning and safe ambassadors, seven days a week, 8 a.m. or 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And they generate these numbers. They work very, very hard. And, you know, they're the backbone of our organization, the face of our organization. And I can't say enough about our guys. So... It's, uh, as you can tell, you divide these numbers by four. It's a, they, they do their work. And by the numbers, as you, as you heard, we meet our benchmarks every year. Um, we're very fiscally responsive. Um, I have a number, myself and the board have a number of checks and balances to make sure that any money that goes out the door it, at least sees two eyeballs, usually three to four. So. And do you have any questions? I do not. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate all of your work. I, I also just want to note that uh, the odd thing about these hearings is how much time we end up spending when there are benchmarks that are not met, uh, how many hours that consumes of everyone's time, and how many, how disproportionately how much time it takes at these hearings. Um, and we don't uh, spend as much time, for obvious reasons, uh, focus when the benchmarks are met and when things are being run smoothly. So I just want to, uh, I, to identify that and, uh, and commend you on your leadership and, and just more generally for the CBDs. We, we move through, often when we move through them quickly, it's because uh, there's a, a confidence that uh, things are being run smoothly and effectively. So thank you for your presentation and for your work. Very much appreciate it. Thank you.
And next up, uh, Lower Polk, uh, I believe we have uh, Mr. Thomason, Senior Program Manager. Everybody's so much taller than I am. Yes, I'd like to thank the uh, committee for having us here, and I'd also like to thank um, OEWD for uh, generating the um, memo and writing the memo and um, kind of taking a look at what we're doing and giving us some really positive uh, feedback. We did meet all four benchmarks. Um, the one thing that we um, do need to work on is we are um, uh, we're late in getting our reporting done, and that was a kind of a kind of a cascading uh, effect that was caused by a vendor who, uh, despite our admonitions, was quite tardy in billing us, and so that just held everything back. It, it just created a chain of events. Um, that will not happen again. We have implemented new procedures, and as Jackie has indicated, we are working with an outside consultant who is helping us um, with that issue and also helping us grow the board. And um, we, as, you know, as an obvious insider, because I work there, I can tell you that it, it, it is happening. So let's go through the presentation here. Uh, those of you who are familiar with the district know that it's, it's interstitial. So we're between kind of like a rich area and a poor area. And that gives us a lot of challenges. Um, you know, one challenge is helping our merchants uh, uh, kind of recover from COVID. And during this period, COVID was still a big thing. Uh, the other challenge is as we get more down towards the TL, uh, maintaining cleanliness on, particularly on Larkin and in the alleys. Um, uh, without even looking at this, I can tell you that we've worked with um, the city to do a lot of homeless outreach. Um, we've worked um, to make sure that the uh, park at Sergeant McCauley is staffed, that public restroom is staffed. We have a, um, uh, a company that we hire to provide the security there. Uh, let's see, um, covered that. Uh, with respect to the board, we did elect some new board members during that time period. Um, and again, we we're working to get our board back up to size. Uh, finance and fund development, as was indicated by Jackie and the memo itself, we did pass all of our benchmarks. Um, it's not an issue, let's see. Uh, we have continued during that period, we continued to do, despite the um, challenges uh, presented by COVID, and especially there were some staffing challenges, um, we continued to keep the district clean, we continued to run a crew. Um, in fact, during that time, we also, um, based on some uh, grant money that we received actually from OEWD, we were able to retain an outside company to provide uh, neighborhood ambassadors. And we've gotten great feedback on that. And in fact, we've grown that program. And by ambassadors, I don't mean cleaning ambassadors, I mean hospitality ambassadors. Let's see, collaborative with DPH, I already mentioned that. Um, I could have probably just did the whole thing off my head, but anyways, um, that Lower Polk Tenant Landlord Clinic, um, that's actually my project. Um, that's one of the main tasks that I have there. That's been in operation since um, 2018, 2019. And during that period of time, uh, in collaboration with the Bar Association and some other strategic partners, um, we've helped literally thousands of people either get more information or retain their uh, place of abode. Uh, financial data, financial data. And again, on this last page here, there is a note that talks about why our annual report was late. 
So if there are any questions. Thank you very much. Thanks again for your work uh, and to your director, Mr. Shulman, as well. Uh, and um, this CBD includes a tiny sliver of my district, literally a, a block <laughs> on its uh, southernmost end or a couple blocks there. Um, but, uh, but it is enough for me to ask to be added as a co-sponsor uh, to this, along with uh, uh, President Peskin, uh, in whose district most of the CBD is. So, um, Madam Clerk, please add me uh, as a co-sponsor on this item. Uh, and thank you very much, uh, Mr. Tennyson. Oh, appreciate thank it. you very much. And let's move to our uh, next one, Union Square, uh, I believe. Um, Marisa Rodriguez, Executive Director, Union Square Alliance, welcome. I'm also short. <laughs> there are no height requirements <laughs> one way or the other on running Great. CBDs. I'm seeing it's not coming up on the screen, but eventually, hopefully, the presentation does. Good morning, afternoon to our supervisors. Thank you so much for having us here today. I'm Marissa Rodriguez. I'm the CEO of the Union Square Alliance, and I'm really happy to be here, and I'm happy to be here with my colleagues. This is an incredible uh, group of people, really special, the CBD and BID community, um, and it's just nice to be here and report out together. Um, okay, so here we go. Really quickly, what, what we're talking about, 27 city blocks here uh, in San Francisco, the heart of the city, I like to call it our iconic Union Square, 660 parcels that we support. I always like to give a little information about our assessment methodology, just sort of how we get here, uh, which is uh, outlined in this slide, but also where we spend um, the most of our our budget, you know, 73%, the vast majority on clean and safe, and that is direct services to our community, ambassador program, cleaning program, all of those things. Um, we are a direct services organization. I always uh, explain the work of the CBD by saying we are a glorified HOA. We provide everything you need um, and, you know, continue to in innovate. And here's a little bit about that. Um, you know, I do want to just lay a, a little bit of context for all of us about this time frame. We're, we're talking about a time, uh, t the 2021 time, time frame. Is that right, 21 or 22? 2021, right? So let's take us back. You know, this is, we're coming out of Omicron. Um, these are challenging times for our community and um, specifically for Union Square in that I started the role in October of 21 and um, three weeks later, the mass looting happened. And it was a really challenging time. It's almost as if, you know, we were just starting to hear more and more about that, hate to say it, narrative. I'm not gonna go there, but you know the narrative that we're really trying to pull away from. And that's really um, when it hit Union Square the hardest. So this was a difficult time. And I, like I said, we're, we're pivoting all the time. We're pushing resources where we think we need them um, to address Concerns, and so we ended up at this at this time um, choosing new leadership in this time period for our operations and services, which was wonderful. Found a really great partner. Um, we decided to add 24/7 member services support because we were really the only uh, boots on the ground at that time, and our community really needed us. Uh, additional security cameras. Um, we brought on more hours with our security company because we knew, again, in the, in the night hours, it was a challenging time. But I do want to take a little moment here to read um, 
about Miracle Messages, which was an incredible organization, and unfortunately, they no longer do direct outreach like they did uh, because of the challenges in our community, and it was just not a safe environment for them. But we really valued having them. And Miracle Messages is a nonprofit aiding homeless individuals that relaunched in August of 21 with Lindsay Pfeiffer. She was our representative. We worked really closely with her. She was our new outreach specialist. And her achievements included 249 engagements, 191 service referrals, and 60 Miracle Friend signups, which really is significant. She was able to bring people on board and um, gain their trust, and then eight reunions happened. So if you, knew, if you know or are familiar with Miracle Messages, it's an organization that supports those experiencing crisis on our street to try to get them connected with relatives that they um, may have lost touch with over the years. Let's see. And here's just a, a brief overview of really what the work that all, all bids do and CBDs do, um, trying to meet us, meet our communities where they are and do that, that bit of extra work. So we removed almost 500,000 pound, pounds of trash uh, from the street, uh, 21,740 hazardous waste uh, units, 8,741 graffiti tags. The list goes on. You can see whether it's quality of life incidents, um, it's incidents addressed by overtime police officers, you name it, the numbers are really kind of staggering, um, but we are there. We really want to continue to support where we can um, and always lead with yes, we're here. Marketing, this was a very um, important time for us. We rebranded, you know, we, are, we were known as the Union Square Business Improvement District and then came in 21, we, we introduced our new name. It was Union Square Alliance and have been since then. Um, there was a whole refresh and rebranding. You might remember us as the Redcoats. I actually really like that because it was uh, very much in keeping with the, the heart of the city. Um, but we brought in this vibrant blue, and it's been, it's been wonderful. If you saw the winter walk this year, for example, that, those were our colors, vibrant blue. Um, and the turf was also blue. But at this time, we were rolling out um, our website redesign, our, our new marketing director, and we had some really incredible opportunities with ad campaigns, one with local Gateway's June issue and a second digital ad in San Francisco Magazine's Best of the Bay, uh, really trying to build our presence and uh, let people know that we're here and there's a voice here in Union Square. Okay. Also, our social media um, uh, approach and strategy really took off around this time as well. So public realm, we support our public realm in every which way we can. Um, the Alliance supports our foundation's efforts too, so that is our lantern projects, our ornament projects at the holidays, um, new initiatives. So this is actually when we rolled out Union Square and Bloom for the first time, and that's become now um, a treasure tradition, and we're very excited about that and hope you can enjoy Bloom this year as well. So I mentioned a little bit about the challenging time. Um, you know, Fox News set up shop right in front of Louis Vuitton for about three months. Uh, everyone else's boards had come down. The community was looking just fine. Everyone was fine. Nothing to see here, except, of course, unfortunately, Louis Vuitton was waiting for their glass to be um, fixed, and it takes time with those giant windows, and so they really just love that boarded-up look, and they really went with it, and so we have been dealing with that ever since. Um, but 
what we did, uh, we worked with the city really closely. We want to thank our city partners, our supervisors, our mayor, um, the police department for really supporting this community at this time. This is when the mobile command van was born. This is when we realized we do have challenges in our community. Retail theft is an issue. We need to figure out what, what maybe failed policies need to be re, uh, re-looked at. Um, and maybe some different ways we can reimagine, reimagine safety in our community so we can draw business back. I know that came up in another presentation with CBDs about economic development. We need tenant attraction and recruitment, and we only do that when it's clean and safe. And then I was hired in this time period. This is me. Um, and I just want to say it's been an incredible privilege to work in this space. Of course, you know, the downtown recovery, this is not easy subject. The state of our city, of course, not easy subject. Um, but I am really thrilled to be here. And I feel proud of um, the ability to be able to fortify our district, to um, get the confidence of our community and be able to move forward these last few years um, with a clear direction, especially with our strategic plan, which you'll hear about uh, the next time I'm here. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Rodriguez. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Supervisor Dorsey. Thank you, Chair Preston. I just wanted to uh, ask, actually first uh, ask if I could be added as a co-sponsor as well, because I think there is a portion, uh, about a little over a block, that, of, uh, that, that <laughs> comes into my district, and just to express my appreciation to, um, to you for the work that you do. And I know, I think that we have had some conversations about this, but one th thing that I think we uh, are like-minded on with police redistricting coming up this year and next. Um, I do think it will be important to, to work with um, you and some of the other CBDs um, just to make sure that um, there is alignment because sometimes where police district lines are um, can pose challenges that they shouldn't and maybe there's right. a better way to ad address it. So I look forward to working with you on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate uh, your presentation and your work, and let's go to the next. Uh, and by the way, I think I may have referred to you as a uh, CBD as opposed to a business improvement district, which was more accurate. But uh, uh, let's move to the next uh, one, and we are uh, going to hear, I believe, from Mr. Frensos. Uh, at the uh, Tourism Improvement District and uh, Moscone Expansion District. That's Welcome. Good morning, Supervisors. Uh, I'm Paul Frensos. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at San Francisco Travel Association, uh, and I'll be presenting on the TID and MED today. Um, I don't see that the slides are showing. Uh, so first, I'll report on the Tourism Improvement District. Uh, first of all, thank you to OEWD on your reports. Um, I think you may have noted uh, on the first bullet point uh, on the report the impact of the pandemic on the revenues to the Tourism Improvement District and to uh, the Moscone Expansion District. Uh, I think it's important to note that uh, if you use 2019 as a benchmark, in terms of the assessments that were collected from the hotels in a very high occupancy year compared to 21-22, uh, we're looking at almost a 75% decrease in revenues uh, that are used for the marketing dollars. Uh, so despite all that, um, you know, reporting out on convention sales, uh, the meetings and conventions area uh, did generate over 850 meetings in seven Moscone events. 
If you think about 2019, there were 58 Moscone events. So it, it was a rough year, uh, as we know, um, and that impacted uh, you know, everyone in this room in terms of you know, visitation to the city. Uh, but despite that, our sales team was still able to, to book uh, a significant amount of room nights for future years uh, and continued, continued to do so. Uh, during that time, uh, we couldn't do a lot of travel because of the pandemic, so there was a lot of virtual meetings that were being held uh, that the sales team would do to meet with meeting planners. Uh, so it too was challenging. We couldn't bring people here to do the normal site inspections and stuff like that. So it, it made it challenging. Uh, and with marketing and promotion, leisure visitors comprised almost 81% of the visitors in, in this reporting period. Uh, typically, it's closer to 65% and you have a lot more meeting attendees. Uh, and the, just as a note to the Visitor Information Center, uh, the staffing was funded through SF Travel through the assessments and due to lack of funding, uh, it was closed at the time. Uh, in, in regards to the marketing efforts, uh, there were 17 million visitors that in that reporting period. Um, that's about a 40% decrease in the amount of visitors we had from 2019. Uh, so that's a significant impact. Uh, but despite that, the, the marketing team was still able to work on media impressions, do as much PR as possible. Uh, you know, the, the, the PR team spends a lot of time trying to negate the negative press that's out there. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty tall task to, to, come, to continue to mark, work with uh, uh, the media and make sure that we can get positive uh, stories out there. Uh, the website is a really powerful tool for us. Uh, the, the amount of visitors and meeting planners that use the, the website uh, really helps aid in meeting planning and visitation. Uh, we had a lot of uh, 3.1 million unique visitors. Uh, that generates about 107 million in economic impact. Uh, and in, uh, the social media efforts that we, that we use at the uh, SF Travel helped generate over 1.2 million followers on all the different platforms. Uh, and that number continues to grow. And then moving to Moscone Expansion District, uh, the expansion of the center uh, certainly uh, finished in 2019 certainly has helped uh, the city attract uh, a lot uh, bigger groups. There were groups that we never had the opportunity before to attract because the center wasn't big enough. So the expansion definitely gives the sales team a competitive advantage to be able to bring in different types of groups that we haven't been able to bring in before. And also in this reporting period, we had uh, a tremendous opportunity. We hosted the uh, MPI Western Conference in June of 22. Over 2,000 uh, meeting planners and suppliers were here for that event. Uh, it was a great time for us to showcase the city, the center, and, and get meeting planners thinking about San Francisco and, and coming back to San Francisco. Uh, also, uh, due to the less uh, assessments collected for the Moscone Expansion District, the incentive fund that we have to help offset rent at Moscone Center to be competitive was much lower, uh, only at a million dollars. It's been as high as $5 million. Uh, but it is a fund that we use to help attract business and offset 
offset rent at Moscone Center. Um, and any questions? Thank you um, for the presentation and for your work. I, I, I just one thing, you, the, the alarming numbers we're all aware of that you reported on, on the plummeting number of Moscone uh, events, a reminder to the public that we are kind of a year behind in this problem, right? That's uh, you know, fiscal year 2021. And I'm just curious, uh, not formally as part of this report, uh, but for our benefit and the public, just uh, comments on any trends, obviously going from, I think you said 56, sure. right? Pre-pandemic to seven yeah. so, so last part year, of the pandemic, yeah. So last year there were 33 events at Moscone, so positive growth, certainly not at the numbers that we had before. Um, I'm, I'm sure you are aware that there are challenges to attracting business to the city, um, you know, outside of just the center itself, street conditions and other issues. And, you know, we work very closely with the city and, and the mayor and everyone to try to help partner and, and help you know, change that image, but, you know, certainly we're, uh, for 2024, uh, it, it, we don't have any growth in terms of number of meetings, 25, 26 look much healthier. Um, the reason it kind of varies from year to year, there's a lot of meetings that come on a rotational basis, so they might come every one, two or three years. 24, unfortunately, is one of those years where less rotations hit us. Uh, so it's it's not going to be any growth from 23 to 24, but 25 and 6 look much, much better. Thank you. Um, there was one thing I, I was hoping you could explain what this is. I saw a note that that received $4.6 from the city of San Francisco in incentive discounts to attract new businesses to Moscone Center. Uh, or, in the incentive fund, is that I, I, is that cash grants or in kind? Like, what what are those incentive? Uh, uh, so discounts? it so it was provided by the city um, after the pandemic. Uh, so similar to this last bullet point I discussed, the Mo the Moscone incentive fund that's used to offset rent. The city uh, gave us extended uh, a, a credit towards rent at Moscone Center. Got it. So that's it was right. used towards. Uh, Offsetting rent. Offsetting rent. Thank so, you. so it wasn't cash. That's what I per thought. se as it, as much as it was to help offset rent. Thank you for clarifying, and uh, that's yes, helpful. Uh, Supervisor Dorsey. No questions. I just, I just want to express my appreciation to you to you for your presentation, and just ask the clerk that um, I also be added as a co-sponsor for items eight and nine because they are also in district uh, come into district six. So, thank you for everything you're doing, and thank you for your support. Thank Thanks. you very much, uh, and let's go to our uh, last one, uh, which is the Downtown Community Benefit District, uh, and we will welcome uh, Robbie Silver, Executive Director. The floor is yours. Thank you so much for hanging on today. <laughs> uh, thank you, Chair Preston. Thank you, Supervisor Dorsey. Um, so as mentioned earlier by OEWD, and thank you, Jackie, and to Chris for all your hard work um, and reporting as well. Um, so this is actually our first time um, presenting an annual report to GAO. Um, we did produce an annual report in interimly um, when we started the district in 2020, um, but this is our first official round up here. So thank you so much for, for having us. Um, so 
Um, you'll notice that our name is now the Downtown uh, ESSA Partnership. We were formed as the Downtown CBD. Um, but when I started at the organization, I got a lot of emails and calls about cannabis and wanting to move downtown. So we wanted something that was uh, more encompassing of the work we wanted to do post COVID. So therefore, um, partnership is well entrenched within our name um, and our values. So I have a very confusing district um, to describe. So here is a map. It's about 43 um, square blocks. Um, that represents the traditional financial district as well as the historic Jackson Square neighborhood. You can see I do cover um, some south of Market um, and the Embarcadero. So um, everything you see, Supervisor Dorsey, um, south of Market and Embarcadero um, is also in your district, but primarily in, in, in Supervisor Peskins. Um, during this time, uh, we uh, work with the board of directors to produce a strategic plan um, that was much more encompassing of trying to be move on this narrative of that the downtown core, especially the financial district, has to be nine to five. And so here we are, we're really trying to create a neighborhood um, that's for all San Franciscans, that's for all Bay Area residents to um, come here, feel welcome, explore and, and make memories. Um, and our vision, you know, is, is to do that is really the, the economic center um, of our city. So um, we launched our operations in uh, January of 2020, um, either the best time or the worst time to start uh, a new CBD. But um, it certainly has uh, has had had a lot of positive uh, impacts. Um, we're on a 15 year term that was initially established. Um, um, through 2034. Um, our current budget um, today is about 4.1 million. However, during this period, it was closer to 4.1. Um, we did not increase assessments um, in this uh, year, um, but we have continued to do so to keep up with costs of business and, and inflation. Um, I'm really proud to say we now have seven full-time um, staff members um, on my team. Um, during this period, I had three. So we've out certainly have uh, doubled in size um, from a capacity perspective for our organization. Um, on the clean and safe side, we have a team of 30 uh, made up of uh, safety ambassadors as well as cleaners, power washers, special projects and stuff, very similar um, to the rest of the CBDs in the city. And then we have a board of directors um, of 15 members currently. And I love showing this image because this was my first day on the job. Um, I started um, actually as the deputy director um, in September of 2020 um, and then was appointed as our full-time executive director um, in early 2021. Um, and this is on Front Street um, in Halleck, which was initially a big hotspot for us and now um, is, you know, trying to thrive again with uh, um, bars and restaurants and new hospitality um, coming into this area. I've uh, been very proud about the results. Uh, based on that, uh, after that first image, um, we've calculated about a 53% uh, decrease in quality of life uh, issues, 85% um, reduction in graffiti, um, a 78% uh, reduction in um, the amount of hazardous waste, so feces and needles on the street, and then a 94% um, reduction um, in litter from the first year in operations to this current fiscal year that I'm reporting on. Um, so amazing results. Um, we really just hit the ground running um, to try to reopen uh, downtown. 
Um, another um, very important project for us is we um, partnered with um, Site Lab Urban Studio, um, local here in San Francisco, um, to produce our public realm action plan. And it is about a 143 page document on our website. Um, it's a roadmap and outline strategies to help us reimagine um, what downtown San Francisco can be um, in this post COVID world. Um, this is a rendering of commercial and Lydesdorf Street. Um, uh, I'll be reporting on that um, probably next year you'll see me, but there's been a lot of improvements made to this first site. And then during this period, um, we received the Pandemic Innovation Award um, from Fast Company for this project. Um, our first uh, public realm uh, initiative um, is called Battery Bridge. Um, it was a site that was closed as part of Better Market Street um, on the corner of Bush and Market. And we actually worked very closely with um, Public Works to allow us to go into the space and create a new social destination um, right in the heart of, of Market Street. So um, this is Claudio Talavera Bayon. He's a Peruvian artist um, here in the mission. And this is, uh, he produced about a 1900 square foot um, mural right on the street. Um, and you can see this as an aerial um, uh, image um, on the right hand side. And we activate um, this space um, with lunchtime uh, concerts um, during the summer. Another pelvic realm improvement project that we're very proud of um, is Belden Place, um, one of the first alleys um, in our city um, that was closed um, and allows restaurants to, you know, really have that European um, style to serve um, outdoors. Um, but the gates you see here were actually on the ground. They were broken. They were multiple colors. Um, so we actually worked with the restaurateurs to fabricate um, this gateway sign, and we brought back um, Bastille Day, which was previously um, paid for by the restaurants um, back in the early 2000s. Um, it was a much different uh, kind of block party back then, but this we really leaned on kind of the cheesy history and, and French-themed um, of this quarter. And you, as you can see, we have a, a dancing mime. Um, people bring out their dogs. We gave out free berets. Um, and restaurants actually saw about a 20% increase um, in revenue for, for that evening. And our proudest uh, achievement is uh, Let's Glow uh, SF, uh, which during this period, uh, in December 2021, um, Omicron had just hit, so it was like really bad timing, but we wanted to do something big and bold and something that's never been done on the West Coast, uh, which was to launch a projection mapping festival, COVID-friendly, um, to try to uh, see if we can get families um, and their dogs um, out in the financial district um, after 5 p.m. And for the first year, um, 36,000 people came down uh, for the 10-night activation. This last holiday season, we increased to uh, 67,000 in attendees, which created about an $8 million economic impact. Um, we've been receiving uh, multiple awards um, for this effort and became the largest um, projection arts festival in the United States. So where are we heading um, as an organization? It's further implementation of our public realm plan. Um, we are currently challenged with the fact that our management plan and our programs and services were designed pre-COVID. Um, so we're relying on fundraising efforts and grants um, to really um, help us implement um, our public realm action plan as quickly as possible. Um, one alley is great, but we need 20 of them and, and, and for that model to be expanded in all downtown um, neighborhoods. 
Um, we're also planning additional events and activations. We're bringing back uh, this year our second annual Drag Me Downtown, where we um, partner with the drag community, um, and we have uh, pop-up performances in downtown bars. Um, we are also redesigning our whole cleaning and safety services um, in 2024, um, and we'll be enhancing those as well. And then we are also building out an in-house economic development to work with the real estate community um, and try to do some traditional business attraction, retention, market reports, and get people back to the office um, again. Um, the photo here um, at the bottom is um, happened this last September where we opened um, landing at Leidesdorf um, in partnership with OEWD um, and Mayor London Breed and Supervisor Peskin. Uh, thank you again for your, for your time allowing us to present our first report and I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. Thank you very much, Supervisor Dorsey. Okay. I don't have any questions, but just to express my appreciation to Robbie, also to uh, Chair Preston for an excellent and informative uh, hearing today on all of these, and to everybody who presented, thank you. Thank you also for the great work that you're doing uh, for our city, and as well, my gratitude to uh, OEWD for the work you're doing to support these organizations. Um, if it's okay with the chair, I could move to, shall I make a motion to send? Sure, I just want to uh, echo the thanks uh, to, to all the directors who took time to be here, uh, to um, Mr. Martin, Mr. Scott, um, Mr. Thomason, Ms. Rodriguez, uh, Mr. Frentos, and uh, Mr. Silver, and uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, I'd like to make a motion to send items four through nine to the full board with positive recommendations. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Chair Preston, should we call for public comment? Oh, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for catching that, Madam Clerk. Uh, let's open public comment on these items. Members of the public who wish to speak on this item should line up. Now along the side by the windows, all speakers will have two minutes to speak. Mr. Chair, it appears we have no public comment. Thank you. Public comment on these items uh, is now closed. Uh, and let's go ahead and call the roll on Supervisor Dorsey's uh, motion. And then the, the, did you want to restate the motion, please? This is a motion for items four through nine to yeah. send to the full board with positive recommendations. Okay. And we have Member Dorsey. Aye. Member Dorsey, aye. Chair Preston? Aye. Chair Preston, aye. We have two ayes with Member Chan marked as excused. Thank you. That uh, motion passes. Um, and Madam Clerk, any other business before the committee? There is no other business today. With that, we are adjourned. Thank you very much.